Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, um, I've always thought that people have it wrong in business in so many different ways. They think it's the best gimmick, the highest pressure sales pitch. Um, there's so many different things that people think that are so transactional in business that really I don't really think are all that important. I give them some credence. I do teach salespeople how to sell and so forth. But the bottom line is, is that I came up with a solution to life 30 years ago. The solution was best product, best price. What do I mean by that? Well, I got tired of being in a high pressure sales business my whole life, which was the health club business. And when I came out of the health club business, uh, you know, what we did is we worked out or we worked 12 hours a day, six days a week, pressuring people into joining health club memberships. I'm sure all of you have had that happen to you at least once where you've gone in there and someone tried to pressure you to join a club. Uh, when I got out of that, I said, you know what, I never want to sell ever again. So what I did was I created a business, rental house business, where when people would drive up to my rent house, they'd go, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. I want it. I want it now. And I had to do the craziest thing. I had to say, no, I'm sorry. I have to screen you before I can let you buy my product. It was the strangest turnaround in my whole entire life I've ever seen. But what it did was it created a business model that I have taught through Last House for 30 years. And this business model has perpetuated hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of successful real estate investors uh, away from what we used to call and what was common and what was taught in almost all self-help gurus of that of being a slumlord. Instantaneous gratification gratification, something for nothing, midnight madness, gurus that are out there teaching people how to rip off and steal other people's money. 
and we changed that whole thing. I want to share with you before I bring on our guest today an email that came to me. It's one of our members who got sent this email. He said, what's interesting is, is the tenant that wrote the email doesn't even know that I'm the owner of the place. He thinks I'm just the uh, supervisor, uh, operations supervisor, because I'm there all the time. Uh, and he, he's sent a letter to the office about me, the owner. And here's what it says. It says, I'm moving out. I'm giving you my 30-day notice. I've been waiting a waiting list to get to this retirement home, and I finally got in. God did a miracle, and I think I'm going to move in before the end of the month. Three things I want to get across before I leave, though. Apartment number 12 will be spotless, as in clean and no items left behind. I know you will appreciate that. Number two, please tell the owner that I always appreciate how he looks after his renters. He's one of the best in my 55 years as a renter. Benjamin, not so much. That's the guy that owned it before them. They have a bad reputation around town. I experienced firsthand. Uh, you, the owner, made a difference. Forever grateful. Please read this to the owner. Gerald is one of the nicest people I've ever met. His compassion for us and passion for what he does reflects well on you. He made several difficult situations better. I couldn't have survived the past 15 months without the knowledge that he was looking after me. Thank you so very much. My friends, there is the secret to why Lifestyles members are successful. And one of the best of them is here with me today, uh, Mr. John Boriak. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dale. It's a pleasure to be here. It's hard to follow up that story, though. That's awesome. I bet you get emails like that all the time, John. That's just the typical way you manage your properties, the way you feel about uh, all the stakeholders, and you know, we always talk about this, the stakeholders involved, you care about all of them, up and down the line, and that's what makes a difference in something like this. To see a letter like that, though, you really have to understand the differences made in most of these properties once one of our members takes them over. And what I want you to do today is I want you to share with everybody what it means operationally. We're going to get into this thing today, John. I'm going to talk about... Um, some of the, the stuff I'm starting to see where brokerage firms are calling us and telling us, hey, it's time, you can start offering 10% off whatever the listing price is, or I know this deal where you can offer 10 or 15, 20% off. I know this motivates, it's already starting to happen, John, and I thought it was gonna take six months to happen, but it's already starting to happen. People are getting scared, but yet the people that are with us, that's not happening, and so your projects are a perfect example, and the fact that, by the way, I didn't, explain this to you. John is uh, president-elect for the Houston Apartment Association. So he's got a political interest in all this, too, as for keeping everybody doing the right thing. As in, I'm trying to wait, think of the way to say this, John, that is politically correct. It's, it's the Apartment Association has a belief that if we stay out in front of the problematic landlords and give in to the reality that we need to produce good, clean housing, safe housing product out there, that we can then negotiate with the political arm not to become a leftist wing of like uh, California, Oregon, Washington, to where they have all this kind of uh, politically left rent control type situations. So we, we try to do everything we can to stay on the good side of the landlord business uh, so that we don't have to sort of drive that negative uh, approach. So John, let's talk about the fact that we thought we were going to get wiped out. And then let me rephrase that. Many thought they would get wiped out during April, May, June. You know, still some of that's still not known. But let's talk about what happened in April. And then let's follow that up with what you're feeling so far in May. 
Sure, yeah. So I've been on a, a lot of communications with a lot of different property management companies and property owners across the city over the last you know, few months. And uh, like you said, April was kind of dubbed anxious April. Everybody was, was not terrified, but very, very much anxious. And it came out, uh, April turned out to be a lot better than a lot of people were expecting. I think as, a, as an industry, most people collected probably an average of 90 to 95% of what was billed out, so or, or 90 to 95% of what was collected in the previous month of March, which uh, is is far better than we were worried about. And so, you know, my portfolio um, was was a 96% collected, which was only a little less than 4% uh, delinquent, which is not as, you know, on a normal month, we collect 99% of what gets billed out. So it's not as good as a normal month, but it's not bad at all. We can, we can survive that for sure. Um, looking forward to May, that's kind of where everybody's focus is now, May and June. There's been enough uh, fast-acting government intervention through, you know, the, the stimulus checks and rental assistance programs and the, the PPP loans, et cetera, that uh, I am personally um, still a little bit optimistic, pretty optimistic about May, hoping that that all trickles down through to our, to our residents uh, quickly. Um, so far in May, I mean, it's only the fifth, but so far in May, we are, uh, as an industry, most people are reporting being only 5 to 10% behind uh, where they were at this point in April. So, you know, there's a, sm a small data set to work with there, but when they look at collections now compared to collections on the 5th of April, they're only 5 to 10% off, which is not, again, not terrible. We can live with that. We at my company offered um, some early payment discounts where if you, if you paid your rent on or before the first of the month, you got um, a different discount, average, probably averaging about $35. It's different for each property, but averaging, say, $35, and, and that seemed to work really well for us. We're actually, at this point, 1.5% um, ahead of where we were in April uh, right now. So you know th that's not necessarily indicative of how the rest of the month is going to play out, but so far, so good, and uh, I think... Personally, I think June is going to be the hardest month as people start to maybe get jobs back, but they haven't gotten their paychecks rolling in yet and savings run out and things like that. I, I, I personally think June is going to be a hard month, but time will tell. And I have a, I've, I don't have, I'm not for sure what's going to happen next week, but much less a month from now. So I refrain from going too far out. Let's drill a little deeper, John. Um, let me see what the time is here. Okay, we're coming up. We've only got a, a minute left. Um, let's let's talk about this um what, what does the early payment concept do? In other words, giving them a discount. Why, as a business owner, am I willing to take $35 less to get the payment in on time? Well, from our standpoint, we had a good percentage of our residents probably qualified for that stimulus check or got some other kind of assistance money. And we wanted to just encourage them to go ahead and take care of that full rental payment with those funds before they got, you know, maybe distracted with discretionary spending. Obviously, we want everybody to think about their, you know, their food and their family and medicines and things like that first. Uh, but after that, let's take care of that rent. And so this just kind of incentivized our residents to be responsible with any kind of assistance funds they got and uh, take care of those rental payments as soon as possible and not push that out when, you know, perhaps that, that money would run off to um, – other other sources. Got it. So we're going to call that first bite at the apple, if that's the concept there. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with John Boriak and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
Del Wamsley talks about buying your way back from corporate America through real estate. A massive change in my life. My personal residence I lived in was a one-bedroom condo, cost 425 bucks a month. This covered it. My automobile car payment was only 300 and some dollars a month. This covered it. I was buying my way back from corporate America. I could feel it. Lifestyles Unlimited will teach you how to buy your way back from corporate America. Get in control. Get into our live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. And now a word on retirement from Del Wamsley. The average person thought they'd retire at 59 and a half, 60, then they said 64, then it was 65, then it was 66, then all of a sudden they jump right to 70, 70 is the new 59, 70 is the new 64, then it was, you know, hey, most people are going to work all the way into their 80s. Do you really want to work in your 80s? Or would you like to retire in five years or less? Find out how on Lifestyles Unlimited live online free workshop register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com here's lifestyles unlimited founder and ceo self-made multimillionaire and national radio host del wamsley on the effective way to run a business there are people that run their businesses on a shoestring if you own an apartment complex and you have no cash that's not a very effective way to run a business my businesses each and every one of them have cash savings In other words, we can make no money or make very little money and we'd still survive. For those of you that haven't thought it through that far and you don't have any cash savings, let's get you in here and get you educated on how to save what you already own. The mom and pop businesses are going to take a major hit. If you've been running your business that way, you need to get into Lifestyles right now and learn how to operate your business the right way. Lifestyles Unlimited has been helping people succeed since 1990. Join us for our free online real estate workshop and learn the seven principles we teach to run our businesses and provide for our families. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. Back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is uh, President-elect from the Apartment Association, Houston Apartment Association, uh, Mr. John Boriak. He's also the owner of a quite prosperous real estate portfolio. And we're discussing the fact that he has not had a large, very minimal amount of uh, reduction in income from his properties over the last two months. And uh, I wanted to cover some more of his ideas. We covered the idea of wanting to get to the money first. And I think that's just a a human instinct, John, that that people, like you said, you want to get it first because once they get it and they have it, they may want to spend it on something stupid. And uh, that's just natural instinct. They're not thinking 
the way they should be, and that happens. So uh, a little bit of a discount. But let's look at the double discount because you're really giving people double discounts. You're discounting and you have eliminated late fees. Now, I want to talk about the psychology behind it, not just the fact that you do it. Um, there's got to be a reason why you decided to, to stop late fees, right, and then double down with incentives on early payment. Because if the late fee is 35 and then you double down, let them have an early payment of 35, you're really giving them $70 worth of your income uh, if they would have paid late and now they're paying on time. So there's really, you're placing a great amount of value on getting the payment in, getting it in early. My question to you is, what is the psychology behind eliminating the stick? In other words, you got the carrot and the stick. You could say, boom, if you can pay early, we'll give you a discount. But boom, if you don't pay on time, there's a late fee still. So you've got a carrot and a stick, but you've eliminated the stick and run just with the carrot. Please share the psychology behind that, if you would, please. Sure. So we're kind of targeting, I kind of divided our renters into two groups. I'm going to have people that have the means to be able to pay rent on time, and I wanted to encourage them to do so. And then you've got another group who doesn't have the means to be able to pay rent on time. And how can we effectively work with them to come up with a, a, a agree, you know, mutually agreeable solution uh, so they can get rent paid eventually? So people who have the means to pay rent on time, that you know, we incentivize them and rewarded them by, to do so by offering the early payment discount. Then people who don't have the means to pay their rent on time on the first of the month, they go, they go in the second group. And that group, we want to do everything we can to, you know, during this time for out of, out of you know, business sense and compassion, um, work with them as best we can to keep them in their home uh, as often as long as possible. So what that looks like is, yes, eliminating the late fees. And then if they can't pay on time, working out a payment plan or a payment arrangement where maybe you don't have $1,000 on the first, but you can do something to come up with $200 a week. For until you're paid up, and we don't charge any extra fees or um, anything to, to go with that. And um, and then another thing to consider is if you have a property that has a federally backed mortgage in any way or takes any kind of uh, government assistance in any way, you are subject to the CARES Act and therefore can't charge late fees anyway. And so I think it's, it's pretty common across most properties in the industry right now to not be charging late fees, and uh, it, it almost became an expectation um, for, or for a lot of people, but I, I don't mind that. You know, like I said, if somebody who lost their job was affected by COVID, and we make them prove that, if, if they were affected by COVID or by their economic collapse, we don't want to just kick all those people out. We want to work with them as best we can. If they can, um, you know, come up with, like I said, $200 a week or 250 a week, whatever that amount is, we let them, you know, we work together to come up with a schedule there. If they can come up with that, we're going to work with them and without additionally burdening them with additional fees like we normally would under normal market conditions. Well, I have to say that that's quite interesting. I, I really think that's a, a brilliant concept to psychologically divide your tenants into two different classifications like that. Uh, I don't know where you came up with that, but that's brilliant. Here's what the layman, though, would not get about that. Uh, remember, I always say in every seminar you've ever been with me, I say real estate is counterintuitive. Everything you would think would be the right thing to do is probably the wrong thing to do. So in the old days when we had people that wouldn't evict when they should be evicting, 
That was the wrong thing to do. They're going, logically, we want to keep these people in this unit, so I don't have to do a make-ready. Logically, they may get some more money and come back and start paying again, so I don't have to release the place. So logically, all of that makes sense to them on that side. But at that time, that's really the worst thing they can possibly do. Why? Because once they let their tenants know as a whole that they're not going to evict, that they're not going to enforce the lease, then the tenants are going to, that's going to get around, and then they're going to have no control whatsoever. Now we're on the other side of this barrel here, and other side of, the, of this big ocean of COVID virus, and you're sitting there going, hmm, I need to treat these people differently. And the psychological position on that would be, well, John... Don't the other people find out you're letting them pay in payments and wouldn't they want to just do it anyway? And that would be the the layman, not not us, but the layman's position there, John, is that, my God, if you let one person not pay, then they all won't pay. And I've already heard that from some people. You know, I get that back as, as a consultant. I'm getting that from people. Hey, man, you can't just let them not pay. You can't, you know, you can't let your foot off their throat, you know, boom, boom, boom. How do you rationalize that? Uh, and not uh, rationalize the wrong word. Intellectually, what's actually happening? Tell us what what is actually psychologically happening out there between the tenants that do have the ability to pay and the tenants that don't. Yeah, well, I, I think you know, I'm a, I'm I'm more of a uh, assume the best until proven otherwise guy for better or worse. Sometimes that bites me, sometimes it doesn't. But with this particular instance, I want to assume that people are in general worried, scared, don't have the extra, you know, uh, a lot of extra money right now and, and are going to want to make sure that their uh, home is not in, they're not in jeopardy of losing their home, that they're going to take care of that. And so if they do have the ability to pay, uh, we, you know, we incentivize them with that early payment discount to do so. And then I'm, and then for those people that don't, like I said, we have the, the program. So when you, when you come at it with an approach of like, well, if I start, offering, you know, this discount or start not waiting late fees, they're, they're people are going to take advantage of me. Yeah, there probably will be some. But in general, people aren't going to always look to, like, scam you and, and try to get the most out of you. And that's right. Even from, like, a how you treat your employees perspective, I see that as a big differentiator in my company is, is we just assume the best until proven otherwise. So we give a lot – we do a lot of uh, things for our employees, uh, you know, bonuses and parties and – and uh, recognition and, and uh, other other ways of making them feel like they're part of the family that could be taken advantage of, uh, no doubt. And we have had some do that. But by and large, the overwhelming majority appreciate the gesture and only take advantage of, of, of things that they need to, and it seems to translate well into our, our renters as well. I'm going to come at it from a different way. I, I think the theory is Maslow's theory about the triangle or the pyramid of priorities in life. And it talks about wherever you're at on that pyramid, the thing that's most important is where you're at. Nothing else really matters. So if you don't have air, nothing else matters. All you care about is air. If you have air but you don't have water, you're going to die in a short period of time, so water becomes important. If you have water, then food becomes next. And then after food comes shelter. And then after shelter comes recognition. <laughs> yeah, so then, or, or relationships with people and then social recognition, I guess, is the last one. When we come back, we'll talk about the fact that um, people are going to make their financial decisions based on where they're at on that Maslow's Pyramid. We'll be right back with John Boriak and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is the uh, president-elect of Houston Apartment Association and a portfolio owner, uh, John Boriak. And John, as we went to break, we are talking about why your systems and theories work so well. And I'm going to introduce everybody to a concept. You can look it up. It's called Maslow's Pyramid. Maslow is spelled M-A-S-L-O-W, Maslow's Pyramid. And it's the basic hierarchical needs pyramid of life. And what he basically states is, is that in the beginning, what people are going to worry about at the moment that they're in life, they're going to worry about their most necessary need. So he goes down the line and says, your most necessary need is physiological needs like breathing, water, food, sleep, sex, and then some place to stay, right? So the next level right, from all those physiological needs is safety, security of body, the employment, the resources, the morality, the family, the health, and the property. So what you've tapped into, John, is this Maslow's theory that the people that already know they have enough money to pay for their home, they're worried about the next level of security. They're thinking, why should I make, why should I compound my problem that I have right now by not paying my rent? and getting thrown out on the street. No matter how bad it is that I may lose my job, no matter how bad it is they've cut back whatever, to not pay my rent and to get thrown out on the street is ultimately going to be something that's going to ruin my credit for life. It's going to be problematic, and it's just not worth it. Hey, this guy's going to give me a discount to pay. That's, That's the good enough incentive I'm going to pay. Now, the other people are going, I can't buy food, gas, water, you know, so on and so forth. And if I can't buy food and gas and water and so forth, then I don't care about rent. And what you're saying to them is, well, you're worrying about this group of problems, which is your survival needs. Uh, Let's throw this in there, too, and say, okay, we understand you can't afford to pay us the full amount. But as you go, put a little bit towards water, a little bit towards food, a little bit towards medicine, put a little bit towards your rent so we don't have to kick you out. We'll work with you. We'll, you We'll keep you in a place to stay. So you're covering that hierarchical need. The next thing, John, I want to go to is your employees. Because the next level after safety, and by the way, you give your employees a feeling of safety too. Uh, Safety is one of those things where you go to work and you know that you're respected for what you do and that if you do the right thing, you're going to be taken care of. That's, again, safety, the safety of employment, the safety of morality. And that's another thing. Morality is a form of safety, and you've got a tremendous amount of morality in your in your thing. Then there's the safety of the family, and you present your business to your employees as a family. So you are building on all that stuff. Whether you realize it or not, you are psychologically applying Maslow's theory to your employees. The next level is friendship, family, 
sexual intimacy, uh, which is basically belonging. And you have all this stuff you do to belong. I mean, you, like you said, you have all these parties for your your employees, for your your residents. Uh, you're in all kinds of charities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next level is, okay, now that I'm happy and I'm safe and I found a place to belong, a family, relationships, I want to stick out. So the next thing is self-esteem. And you win all these awards. You must have awarded your, you've helped your employees win no less than I know, I'm just guessing, 20 or 30 awards. You can be more accurate if you want. But, man, you've, you're out there helping them win these awards, sending them to the educational classes, applying for them so they can win. And then the last level is self-actualization, and that is you're helping other people become financially free at Lifestyles, mentoring people, uh, helping other people solve their problems at the Apartment Association, helping other people solve their problems and keep their businesses in play. John, come on, man. Tell us the truth. You pulled up this Maslow's Pyramid when you were 21, and you decided to live by it. I mean, it's an imperfect solution to almost every problem. How do you see this working in your business? Does it seem to ring true? Absolutely, yeah. That, that's a, yeah whether, whether I specifically studied that pyramid or not, it had the same effect. And I want to go back and visit the employee part of that or the team member part of that for just a second, because as soon as this all broke out, I pretty quickly realized that keeping our team members through the face of our company, you know, on those properties, uh, motivated, engaged, and feeling secure was going to be the key to this whole piece. Because I cannot expect my property staff to properly serve my renters, each other, and our investors if they are worried about their personal safety and their personal security. So the first thing we did is, you know, the first round of layoffs across all the industries uh, got announced. See everybody freaking out, businesses closing, everybody losing their jobs. I wanted to assure our team members that their jobs uh, were secure from a, a financial standpoint. If, if nobody was going to get cut because of budgetary reasons. And so I, I, in, in a day, I visited every single one of our properties, called a meeting of the entire staff, thanked them for working so hard during this time, um, kind of gave them our plans for getting through the next few months, and then assured them that we had prepared for this day by saving money up in the bank and, and having um, not too much debt on the property, things like that, and that nobody's job was going to get cut because of, of budgetary reasons. And to kind of back that up, I handed every employee a $100 bill that day in cash and just to reassure them that, that their jobs were secure, and they really appreciated that. And then the next level was helping them um, feel safe from the virus at work. So, so my wife uh, set out to scour the marketplace for PPE equipment, which, which has gotten a little easier to find now. But at, at the start, it was hard finding masks and gloves and hand sanitizer and cleaning products. And then she's been making weekly deliveries to every property uh, with, you know, out of just running out of the back of our, of our vehicle. You know, every property's needs of, hey, you need gloves. Here's some masks. Here's Lysol. Here's the, you know, everything you need to make sure they feel safe on property as well. And it's, so far, it's worked really well. We've gotten fantastic uh, feedback from our team and also you know, from, from the residents as well being there as well. Excellent, excellent idea. I like it for two parts because, one, you're able to stockpile the, way, the stuff away because that kind of stuff tends to grow legs and walk away in the middle of problems like this. And the second reason is when your face comes flying in with rescue equipment, that's always a good thing. I remember doing that back when I was the on hands-on operator property, man, you fly up there with a pickup truck full of supplies and people are really happy. Let's move on. Let's talk about what you are doing differently now as you're reopening. How are you re-entering 
the open world, or are you yet? Yeah, so that's kind of what all the all the apartments across the city, across the nation, are trying to figure out now is what, how do we reopen again? There's no playbook for this. Nobody can look back and say, oh, well, with the pandemic of so-and-so, we did this. There's, we're all making it up. So everybody is kind of looking at how do we, if they close their offices, how do we reopen offices? If we close our amenities like our business centers and laundry rooms and uh, fitness centers, how do we reopen those and when? Pools, playgrounds, all those things. And so, you know, with, with, as we start to reopen our offices, the ones that we did close, uh, we're doing things like putting tape on the ground every six feet, only allowing a certain number of you know people outside of our staff in the office at a time. We have hand sanitizer at every desk, cleaning supplies at every desk so they can wipe their desks down after a visit. Uh, we remove a lot of the like the chairs uh, in front of a, a leasing desk so that you know, people don't get too comfortable there and stay, or, or there's more things to uh, disinfect when they leave. Um, on our amenities side, we things like our business centers were starting to open up and just putting up signs about social distancing and then providing sign, uh, wipes for people to wipe wipe down uh, their surfaces when they're done or when they before they begin you know working at the computers there our laundry facilities are, are open for the most part again with signs about social distancing and providing wipes and sanitizing equipment and, and instructions to wipe down every machine before and after each use um one change we made is at our properties is we stopped accepting packages. So in a normal, you know, before all this happened, deliveries, Amazon deliveries and FedEx deliveries, and all those, they would go, you know, perhaps try to attempt to deliver the packages to the residence unit whenever they were not successful. They would come deliver at the office, and then the resident would come pick them up at the office. But that ended up taking so much of our staff time, not to mention all the, you know, passing of packages and potential contamination there. So we stopped accepting packages in the offices. And so far, that's been well-received and has, has gone pretty well. People don't know there wasn't a whole lot of uh, too many middle hands touching their packages before they got them. And then, um, the, you know, as far as things that aren't open yet, per our, kind of our county's direction, we still have our fitness centers closed. We still have our pools closed and our grills closed. And then playgrounds, those were able to, you know, keep keep them monitored. We, you know, for the most part, have them closed. But when those things do open, uh, we won't open them until we're able to supply ample amount of, like, the, the disinfecting wipes and, and maybe take out chairs or equipment to facilitate that six-foot separation um, in the pool area or the fitness center area. So it'll be kind of a, a limited capacity reopening when that does happen, hopefully, you know, sometime this month. Looks like we got to take a break. We'll be right back with John Boriak, the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Del Wamsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy who used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, Del, I own real estate. Well, do you own real estate? Register for our live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyles Unlimited. Del Wamsley talks about understanding the system. Guy told me the other day on the radio, he says, you know, I understand the system. They let the stock market go up to feed our ego to think we're getting somewhere, and then they crash it on us and take it all away. So now we're stuck. He says, I've lived through two of those cycles, so he started investing in real estate to get away from the cycle. Are you ready to break the cycle? Start investing in real estate today. Find out how. Join Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with our live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. 
back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is John Boriak. John is a portfolio holder here in Houston of uh, quite a few properties. Also, he is the president-elect for the Houston Apartment Association. Today, we're discussing uh, different topics that's going on now in the industry. Um, guys, realize this. We're uh, just, as we go into this last segment, I want to squeeze this part in, John. Um, we're at that point now where we're looking at buying. We've got Brokers starting to let us know that hey, sellers are starting to get a little little itchy, and you know you can make offers that are sub full market offers, especially if you can come to the table with a guarantee to close. Uh, that's going to be the next thing that's going to come up, and that's going to mean people are going to be putting down millions of dollars of hard earned money that they won't you know can't be afraid to lose. And uh, that's not on every deal. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, I, I know that because I put a million dollars hard down one time, and I still didn't get the deal. But it's one of those things that where they're really afraid of it not closing, that's going to mean something. Um, irrespectable for a beginner to even understand what I'm talking about there because it's not for the type of deals you'd be doing. These are high-end stuff. In fact, I'm really embarrassed I injected something that high-end into the radio show. But the, the bottom line is is that these deals are starting to, to show. And, then John, I'm sure you're looking for the opportunity. I know that because I'm on your, your call list. And uh, I see that you when you send out your portfolio information sheets we get them that you're saying you're looking so we, we all know that and I just want to make everybody aware that it's time you need to be out there you need to get in get educated if you don't know how to do what we're doing and you need to do that right now because now is when the stuff's starting to show but when it starts it's only slow it really accelerates and when it falls off the cliff it's like one then three then eight then twenty then a hundred different deals all at once and they'll all be sucked up and then they'll be gone. So if you're not ready, you're going to miss out on that, and you're going to look back and go, wow. I remember in 2008, um, John was sitting there stuck in a little property. He bought right at the peak of the market, and he had to fight it all the way down. As the knife fell to the ground, John was riding that thing like a surfboard down the side of a cliff. And while that was happening, I was buying properties all the way down to prices that were so unrealistic, it's unbelievable. And, John, coming through that, what can you share with the audience about, wow, that should have been the time you were buying, but you were in life support mode at that moment? Is John still out there? <laughs> it looks like John. Hey, sorry. sorry, I got I got you. I got you. Yeah, sorry about that. I was, uh, yeah, like you said, I was I was trying to keep a property afloat during the that initial time and, uh, and maybe missed a couple of years. But I, I, I got in it before... It really came back in 2012, and my deals in 2012 and 2013 and 2015 have all been absolutely phenomenal ones. And sure, certainly wish I, I could have bought far more than I did, but not not too many regrets at all. You just weren't prepared yet, and that's the the thing that people have to realize: timing is not everything, but timing can make for gigantic gains. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know you had sat on the opposite side of the hill at that one. This time you're going to be on the right side of that hill as the stuff starts going down. Let's talk about what you and the apartment association and the other charitable institutions that you're associated with are doing in multiple different types of rental assistance programs. What can you tell people out there that have tenants that they can do to help their tenants get some rental assistance? Yeah, there's lots and lots of jurisdictions and cities and counties that have, are, are, are recognizing 
that rental assistance is a big need right now and are putting together plans to do that. The, the Apartment Association was contacted by the City of Houston Mayor's Office to help them kind of craft some structure around what a rental assistance program in Houston would look like. And I know you got a lot of listeners that are not necessarily in the city limits of Houston, but so many programs are, are similar in a lot of the ways to kind of how this is set up. But I, this afternoon at City Council, uh, Mayor Turner is going to be unveiling the plan for a $15 million rental assistance program. And so residents who are at 80% or below of their area median income are going to be able to apply through a kind of a third-party nonprofit uh, administration agency. And then uh, properties that are in the city, you know, landlords sign up and get their property qualified first, and then their, their residents are going to be able to apply for uh, a month's worth of rent up to, I think, a, you know, an average month's rent at, in the area, $1,000, $1,100, something like that. Um, if they're delinquent for, for May. And then we'll kind of see how May goes. Maybe they might extend it through June. I don't know. All the details are coming out later this afternoon, and so we're kind of holding our, our breath there. Um, the county, Harris County, uh, which is the, the predominant county around the Houston metro area, has, a, has also has a $15 million rental assistance program that they're getting ready to roll out that is going to function a lot of the same way. And so uh, all from a from a practical standpoint for us, that means that there is assistance available out there for our renters who are struggling. So if they fall into that second group where they truly don't have the means to pay that rent, um, be sure to do everything on your part of the can as property owners to make to adhere to the, you know, what, what we need to adhere to, which is usually, by the way, things we have to do is agree to not evict them for any extra balances, not charge late fees on any delinquent balances that aren't paid, and, you know, just roll that stuff forward, which I'm certainly planning on participating in. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, there's, from what I've seen, ABC and, well, they don't even have D anymore. It's so funny. They've limited the D structure, but the C, the bottom end properties seem to be the ones that have the largest amount of delinquency at this moment. Obviously, people in those types of jobs, they have two problems. One, the jobs go away very quickly. And number two, they have very little liquidity. They don't have savings. And so it goes down really quick for them. And I think that's where you're going to see um, there's going to be some discounts in these properties. If somebody's got the money to go in and buy these things and sustain them and bring them back and keep them nice until you get through this COVID problem, then there's probably going to be where some of the really good discounts are at on this deal. As we look at this thing, John, um, let's talk about how burdensome is that qualification for a property? You said the city's going to make you or the county's going to make you uh, have your property qualify first. What does that mean? We don't know all the details yet, but I know the mantra that we've been uh, working with the city on is 30 seconds. Simple. I got you. Keep it simple and then don't make it too long. Hopefully no more than one or two pages of uh, you know, certifying that you're not going to take advantage of the situation. So, again, we don't know the form yet. It should come out in the next couple of days. And then landlords will have, uh, I think, a few days to get the properties qualified before it opens up to renters next week. All right, great. Appreciate you coming on, John. As always, I know you're busy as can be, and you are my right-hand man now in this go-to world. So we appreciate having you on whenever we can. For the rest of you out there, keep in mind, it's not the money. It's the incredible lifestyle John's producing for his residents. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.